You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey, you guys, this is Rick Hadrava again. You're listening to another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. You know, if you've been listening for a while, you know that we've been doing some special episodes um, and releasing those episodes on Fridays. And it's just really to bring shorter stories together from our entrepreneurial community, people sharing how they're pivoting, what they're doing to get through these times. And one of those guests recently was my friend Eric Weisgarber. And, you know, after talking to Eric, I wanted to bring him back and do a little longer version and really key in more with him because not only does he do great things with his company, the AMG team, which is analytics, marketing, and growth, bringing those all together really in an efficient manner, optimizing uh, business processes. But he's got a great backstory. He's been a longtime entrepreneur and, you know, he's originally an Ohio boy, started a paper route like we did back in the day as a kid, immediately started to look for ways that he could do it more efficiently so he had more time on his hands, went off to college, which, you know, like a lot of us, um, he did well, but maybe wasn't his, his brightest moment. But he knew coming out of there that he always wanted to be in business. And in particular, he wanted to own his own business. And so through his journey, um, he did startups. He learned how that worked. He got some great mentors. He took his business out to California. And then as happens very often, we find our way to Oklahoma. And so I think this is going to be a great story that you're really going to enjoy. And so without further ado, I just want to welcome my friend Eric Weisgarber to the Epic Studios. Eric, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Rick. I, I appreciate it. appreciate the introduction. You bet. Well, you know, like I said, we've known each other um, for a while and I, I want to start back, you know, like where do we start this story? Let, let's go back to the young boy in Ohio that decided, like a lot of young folks, to get a paper route when they were a kid. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually, it's probably not good character witnessing here, but uh, I had my mother lie to the uh, Maslin Independent newspaper. You had to be 13 to get the job, and I just got my tonsils out, and I knew I wanted to make some money, and was trying to figure it out, and I called the newspaper, told my mom that they are going to be here, that they had to interview her, and... Uh, and I wasn't quite 13 yet. And I told him, make sure you tell him that I'm 13. And so she did. And I got, and I got the job. So <laughs> I, I loved it. Okay. Well, and what were the efficiencies you talked about prior to the show you and I were visiting and you said immediately you started to look for ways yeah. that you could do it faster and share, share with the audience a little bit of what that, what that looked like. Yeah. My dad, my dad was an engineer and, uh, at Rubbermaid in Worcester, Ohio, and he would, at the dinner table, he would talk about, you know, things that were always like efficiencies and systems and da da da. You know, it's just, and it, it kind of fascinated me at a young age. And uh, when I got my paper route, one of the guys on the paper route had a go kart. And when I got in his garage, I saw, I never saw it move. And so I made about 120 bucks and negotiated for $105 my first purchase. And I drove uh, the rest of the paper route on my uh on my brand new go-kart and pulled it in the garage my parents were like what 
what did you do here? And I said, well, I found an efficiency, Dad, and uh, I can still make it to the backyard game, and I can deliver my papers on this thing and, and still catch up with everybody. And so it, uh, I just fell in love with kind of operations and efficiencies from the get-go, and it's never really changed for me. Well, and I was going to say that goes right into what you do today, but um, what about the first, so you came out of college and mm-hmm. you you said you had a mentor, you knew you wanted to go into business. So, so what, what was your path like as a young man coming out of college then? Yeah, um, I was referred to as unmanageable. I worked for uh, Aerotech, a recruiting firm, uh, contracting engineers. Uh, I got to move to um, Washington, D.C., because uh, I was I was doing well, but I wasn't really kind of following um, how they like to get it done. And but but I was succeeding. Uh, but I was I felt constrained, and so I ended up coming back to Ohio looking for a job. And I had met a guy, uh, Greg Tiller, who owns New Growth up in Ohio today, and he became one of my very closest friends. He's 20 years older than I am. He's not only a great friend, but he really has mentored me my whole life through business. And he was going through a transition at, well, and when he was 47, like I am today, and, uh, and he gave me an opportunity to be part of these startups uh, that he was doing. And it was in advertising, and he built them up and sold them, and then launched his own company after that. And after that three years, I decided to go off on my own with one of the guys I was working with there and start my own gig. So, so you, were you an engineer? I want to back up a little bit. What was your degree in college? I got an aviation business degree at Ohio State, and okay. uh, and um, but I was fascinated with processes and systems and you know, how kind of the engineering of things, just because that's what my dad did, and I love my dad, and I would listen to him, you know, talk about work and and what he did, and and uh, I just saw it from a different perspective. I thought I thought about it in terms of being a business owner rather than you know rubbermaid plant equipment and, and those types of processes. So I think we have similar minds, but I applied it differently. So was he an engineer by trade then? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so advertising, did you find that to be completely different as you went into that venture? Yeah. I mean, when I got into, it, I wasn't, I was really looking for the experience of knowing how to run and own a business. And that's kind of the promise that Greg Tiller had given me uh, back then was I'm going to, grow you from the ground up, but I'm going to show you how, to, how it's done. And I'm not going to treat you as just an employee. I'm going to treat you as an employee, a, a dear friend, and, and somebody that I think has what it takes, but it's going to take everything you got, and you're going to have to dedicate your mind and your energy to this. But if you do, I'll put as much into it as you do. And I did, and so did he. So when, you, when I hear you telling me that story, I think of the old apprenticeship model. You know, I'm, I'm reading Ben Franklin's biography these days. And was that what that relationship was like? Yeah, it's like that today. I mean, he's one of my very best friends and I visit with him once a week still today. But when you were younger, you know, we, we have a generation that, you know, we hear a lot of complaining and I don't know if this is the truth, but they expect a big paycheck coming out of college and, and whatever. But I got to imagine, and I know because coming up at that generation, things were different or at that time, things were different. So was your, did you give, were you paid a lower salary? That's what I'm trying to get at for the ability to work with Greg. What did you give up in return? 
Yeah, there's. Uh, I had a low income, high uh, sales commissions, and uh, a ton of sweat equity. <laughs> and, and, and didn't bother you in the least? Not at all. I mean, that's what owners are built to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, coming out of that, what what was the during that period of your life? What what was the biggest takeaway as you look back on that? You know, Greg taught me how to don't do it for money. The, the money's a byproduct. You got to have purpose. And you got to love this. You got to love doing this. And it has to, you have to make it your craft. This has to be your sport. And so if you do that and you, and you love the people and you love the work, uh, you're going to figure it out. So. And, and do you find that the money follows when you use those core principles? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like, a, it's like all the, you know, it's all the parables in the Bible. They don't make sense until you try them. That's right. That's a good good point. Well, okay. So, what was your time in California like? Uh, difficult. I went out there to. Um, I got an opportunity at the end of the doing the startups with a friend. Uh, his dad owned a company here in Oklahoma uh, called Utility Data Services, and we were going out to California to go spread that business and get a piece of ownership in California, working with utility companies. And we got there. I was in my mid twenties and uh late 20s and uh and failed three months into it because all the utility companies went bankrupt and uh from is this is during the enron time and so i was out there spending my own money on this startup and it and it failed right away and um and so we looked for another opportunity and within a month we found one that was in the data uh industry and and that's really what launched me into uh, the data world well, Eric, let, let's let's go deeper, if you allow me. Let's go deeper sure. on, on this business that failed because it might be timely to share what happened there. It, did the business fail because there was a weakness in the products and services or was it simply a victim of timing, like you said, with Enron going down and that kind of thing? Yeah, that one was a victim of timing, I think. I mean, the energy was there. I had my own, I saved every penny I'd made over the last, you know, four years before that, before I went off on my own. And so I was, you know, well-funded to take care of myself and, and my buddy. And, and uh, that was fine. But utility companies were going through a really difficult time and they really didn't want to talk to higher ups, didn't want to talk to us while they were going through all the pain they were going through. And so it was, it was poor timing that way. But um, I have, I have nearly failed for other reasons that weren't timing that were purely my, my own fault. Yeah. Uh, later on in life. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, and, you know, we talk about that all the time. I mean, you know, safe, safe, safety is safety, right? When you want to go out there and own it and do it, it you put yourself out there. And with that co- comes the risk of failure. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, a lot of people might look at that early on as a sign that maybe they're not supposed to be on the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and you know, so they go to work for somebody else, but you chose to stay at it, to look at the situation, find a new opportunity and pivot. So I'm, I'm curious, what was that? And why did you choose to do that? Yeah. Cause that's what my, that's what I'm passionate about. That's what my, that's what my heart was set on. And I was willing to, to risk whatever it took to make that happen. And, um, and so I just believed that I probably wasn't the smartest guy of all all the guys I know or, or girls out there that go and do this, but you know, I'm not, nobody's going to outwork me. 
it was my attitude and it's been my attitude my whole life. And I'm, and I'm going to figure it out no matter what. And, um, and so I've always had that attitude and, and, and that's always come true as a result of that attitude, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that brought you to Oklahoma. So talk, mm-hmm. talk us through kind of the early days when you landed here in this wonderful state. Ha, yeah, I love it here. I've uh, been here since uh, 2001 or 2002, 2002, January 2002. Uh, the data turned into we were selling it to a lot of different companies and, they, and a lot of them were selling it to their mailhouse. Or, or providing it to their mailhouse to do mailings. And so I started uh, kind of brokering the direct mail pieces to it. And I thought, I can do this, uh, but I need to be centrally located. And so we moved to, my buddy and I moved to Oklahoma to be centrally located and and uh, to arrange this business to work the right way, the way that it needed to. And we started um, leasing and buying uh, mail production equipment and growing a sales team and uh, getting people in the production facility, and we started doing mail all around the country with the data that we were doing. So that's that's that was kind of the next phase, you know, in the two thousand two two thousand four period. And you had success doing that. Oh yeah, tremendous success. Yeah, uh, what, direct mail has been around for seventeen hundred years, so <laughs> it works. <laughs> Eric, what were what were some of the successes that you had, and then on the other side of that coin? Um, did you face any challenges? Yeah, I faced the biggest challenge I ever had. So in 2005, uh, I talked to Greg Tiller, and he said, you need to get into Salesforce. I think this is a big piece of the future. You need to build your systems around this. And so I kind of taught myself programming and to a degree that you need to for Salesforce and uh, developed our own. And in 2006, marketing and the data around it started to contract as far as the orders were. And it was really before the 2008 crunch. I mean, the the market was tightening up. And before the crash that everybody experienced, we were doing an incredible amount of mail and it just started becoming less and less and less until literally it hit everybody. Kind of like we're being hit today in a different way through this pandemic. But that was a big economic crash. And I had made, I realized in hindsight, you know, it was kind of a combination of things. It was the economy I had one really large client that was too big of a percentage of my business. And I don't think that one of my partners was, you know, fantastic at cash flow management at that time. And so I think the combination of those three things just about killed us. So, you know, I learned how to do a turnaround at, in my mid thirties and, uh, and it really turned out great to learn that lesson at that age rather than it's, you know, at a much later time in my life. And it, and it actually created the business that I have today. So it turned out yeah. great, but it was Fantastic. very painful at the time. Yeah. You, you know, in talking before the show, you told me that in 2006, you, you really, if I, if I understood this right, Eric, you started to incubate what is now the AMG team um, mm-hmm. through that. And, and where did that, where did that come from? You know, I saw the future. I mean, I love I love the direct mail business and I love the data business. And we were getting we we're so strong at the taking somebody's data, cleansing it, and procuring it. You know, you, you know, new data that looks just like it, and helping people find their twenty percent that gives them eighty percent of their revenue, and all that stuff, and using direct mail as our channel. And I just thought, I'm very limited. There's so many other channels here, and I love the revenue enhancement channels the best. And so I started getting heavy into the digital and I started getting heavy into the 
data around digital for revenue enhancement. And I was building systems and getting other people to build systems for me and, uh, and grew into this company that this ad agency inside of the direct mail house and, until I split them up and, and got bought out of the mail house later. And, and what year was that? I uh, built the 2006 agency uh, from there up and essentially did them out of the same business until last year. Okay. Okay. So, so as you look out to the future, we get through the other side of this mm-hmm. in your mind, in your mind, where does the AMG team, where do you go? What's this look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, we've been doing it a long time, but now I'm not, you know, I'm not doing the commodity piece of, of business, which is, was the direct mail piece. I mean, the, the real value add there is the knowledge that we have of, about how to do it, not the actual doing it uh, on the production side of it. And so I really love the data science. I love the applying that to innovative marketing. I also love it, applying it to, um, you know, visual reporting and dashboards that are in real time inside of somebody's sales force and, and to, this productivity enablement category, which isn't purely Salesforce, but quite a bit of it is, we treat that Salesforce as a hub. And so really it's the combination for us. I mean, it, you know, we're, we're data, we're marketing and we're, and we're Salesforce developers primarily. And uh, it helps people save time, automate processes, increase their quality control, target in on what they really need, you know, and, uh, and stay innovatively in front of the, a, a very small target of people that is perfect for them and and building all the systems and efficiencies around that so that they can be lean and fast and and so their business works really well and uh, and so I'm always doing that to my own business and I kind of turned it into a business itself well I was going to say that's what good entrepreneurs know that if they're going to get freedom of time and financial it's all about processes and efficiencies and that's why I like so much what the you know the work that you're doing I, th- I just think it makes a whole lot of sense, Eric. It, you know, if if you had to go back, as you've looked on this, you said you're you're 47. Um, yes. You're you will soon be in the club, my friend. Um, it, but but as you look back, you've done a lot. You've had a, a great journey so far. Is there anything that you would do differently, knowing what you know now, if you could go back and and do it all again? Yes. You know, the older you get, you start. You know, Greg would say it for years. And I, I apparently wasn't listening, but he'd say, you need to slow down to go faster. And you'd try to explain that to me. And, you know, so many times owners are just, I mean, just hardcore doers and they just take action. And sometimes you can take action too fast. And I went through Ray Dalio's principles book and I ended up pulling out his, um, his five-step process, you know, when he came out with that book, but I'd, I'd studied a lot like that, but I, I like his lesson the best about how to go about doing things. and. I really learned how to slow down and go faster. And had I done that when I was younger, I would have, in the beginning, fixed something that was fundamentally wrong in my business model. And it was the fact that the work that we did was great work, but it was transactional and not recurring. And the the world has moved to a recurring business model to be successful. And so I needed to do that. And I wish that I would have fixated on how do I do what I want to do the way I want to do it, but make it a recurring model. Sure. And, and so today, how, what do you focus on to do that, Eric? You know, all three pieces of my business. So data goes, if you're buying data, it goes 
you know, it goes dry in six months, you know, I mean, it needs, you need to constantly be on top of getting that new data in front of your uh, sales team and, and in front of your marketing and, and somebody has to be managing that all the time. And so we do that at, we do the decision science as a service and we do marketing innovation as a service. And so it's, it's constant. So whatever your budget is, we're going to look at the goals and we're going to find the right combination of things and what the data tells us to do. And we're going to market for that. And so people sign up, you know, for a minimum of six months at a time and, and you have a relationship then, you know, it's not a one-off and, uh, and then productivity enablement. Once you have a system around you, you have somebody that knows your business inside and out and can see how to make things faster. Um, you know, we saved for the state chamber. I think I might've mentioned it last time or when we were offline uh, from the last podcast, but we found a way to save about 400 hours a year. Uh, and it's going to take us maybe three or four hours of time to, to implement this new process into their system, but it's going to save a tremendous amount of money for them and, and give them the opportunity to be a lot more productive with, you know, really highly valuable people that were doing these things before. So, and we're doing that all the time. And so people don't want to get rid of that. Uh, and so it's just, you know, it's a relationship that needs those three things all the time. You bet. Well, you know, um, you're doing some great things and, you know, we're coming towards the end of the program, unfortunately, because I feel like we could, we could go deeper on a few other topics, maybe some other time we can do that. But if you had any last kind of thoughts that you would share with our audience, maybe somebody who's starting their entrepreneurial journey um, or, or just looking to pivot through this time, wh- what would you share with, with the group? You know, I think that it, it's really about genuinely loving your customers and, and having relationships with them and genuinely loving the people that work for you and caring about them and caring about the outcome in their lives. And, and having a, a deep relationship that's meaningful uh, with them, and just like it is to have that kind of attitude at home. And if you're like that everywhere and, and you're passionate about the work that you're doing and, uh, and, you're, and you're willing to kind of have the, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you're going to be able to figure it out. And I would say if, if, you, if you have all of those things in place uh, and you have you know, just a few people, some people call them mastermind you know, groups or whatever you want to call it. If you have some folks in your life that you can visit with on a, on a consistent cadence to reflect with and get some good advice that you take, then I think you're going to have great guidance along the way as well. And you're going to really enjoy the process. And it's not that the process is going to be easy. It isn't. But it, you love it because it's not easy. Not everybody's willing to do it. You know, it's that's great because I think that's part of the fun. The older you get and you realize the challenges really are the things that put the smile on your face sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I love, love sharing that. Hey, listen, um, if somebody wants to learn more about the AMG team, reach out to you or whatever, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Sure. I think, you know, learn a little bit about what we do and, and then pick up the phone. So I think, you know, go out to uh, www.theamgteam.com and learn about the data science and the innovative marketing and the productivity enablement uh, that we use as kind of our formula for enhancing people's revenue at their businesses. And, and uh, if you see something you know, on the bottom of those pages that we kind of talk about that we've done for other people and you think that we might be able to do something for you, then 
you know, if you just want some advice, we'll give you some free advice. And if you want to engage in a deeper way, we'll, we'll engage in a deeper way. But um, our phone number, 833-464-2641. You call that number and we're going to talk to you about whatever you want to and, and go from there. Well, I can tell you personally that um, I've been able to do that with Eric over the years. And guys, if you're listening and you have questions, reach out. Um, you won't get a pushy salesperson. You'll get somebody that really wants to take an interest in what you're doing. And so, Eric, we appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for your time, and we wish you the best. Guys, if you want to learn more about Eric's uh, business, check out his website, theamgteam.com. You can also go to our website, www.epic.com sbiz.com. That's epicsbiz.com. You'll get show notes from today's podcast along with other resources and all the information. And we appreciate you listening. Make sure to subscribe if you like the show. Give us a rating. Uh, that helps, I'm told. And make sure to share with your friends. Again, we appreciate you being on the show, listening to the show. And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.